Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Five Rings to Rule Them All. I'm Sid Ziegler. I got to meet Joey Cefeli last June at Outsports Pride in Los Angeles. He had just moved from West Lafayette, where he went to school at Purdue, to West Hollywood. He came out only a few months before he made that move, and we talked about what that felt like, uh, how that looked for him, and the importance, actually, of Outsports Pride, him coming to L.A. and having days later this event with all these LGBTQ athletes. So uh, that was really cool to hear. Uh, Joey's got an interesting story in part because he was in the 2016 uh, Olympic trials, and when he finished diving at Purdue last year, he thought that was the end of his competition competition career. Uh, But he's been coaching at at USC and realized that he didn't want to give up competition yet. So he was aiming for and training for the 2020 Olympic trials. Of course, those have been put on hold until next year, hopefully. Uh, We talked about if he's going to try to still make a run at the now 2021 Summer Olympics. Anyhow, I hope you enjoy my conversation with diver Joey Savelli. So I'm here with Joey Cefeli, who also happens to be in Los Angeles, but of course we are not in the same room. We are talking over the phone. Joey, last year we had a story about you on Outsports, uh, being a diver at Purdue, and you said a couple things in that piece that I've always found interesting and I've always wanted to ask you about. One of them is that you said you were thankful for being gay. What did you mean by that? Um, well, first, I'd just like to say thank you for having me on. Uh, I'd love to talk more about my story and kind of just about where I'm at. When when I came out originally, I had a conversation with my brother, Robbie, um, and he had talked to me about how, you know, our grandpa, who was a pretty big role model in both of our lives, was unapologetically himself his entire life. And I talked to Robbie and I was like, Robbie, I've, I've actually never felt that way ever. You know, I've always, I've always felt as though the actions I was doing were somewhat planned out, somewhat tried to keep this sort of reputation that I was trying to build for whatever reason. Um, and so I told him that, and he kind of was the one that pointed out to me, you know, I, I'd always been someone who like looked at gratitude and looked at um, different ways that I could find joy in my life. But he was the one that pointed out to me like, Joe, you have to be, you know, Every day you got to wake up and tell yourself, like, one, like, I'm a Cefali first and foremost. Like, I have my family. I have the people that love me. I'm, I'm a part of many communities that I'm very, very lucky to be a part of. But I also have to be grateful for, you know, every single part of me that I don't necessarily um, want to identify with or parts of me that I was embarrassed or ashamed to identify with. And so slowly but surely after kind of telling myself every day that, you know, I, I am gay. This is a part of me. Uh, it's something I had never wanted to accept for multiple reasons. Um, but I am grateful for it. You know what I mean? Like I, at this point in my life now, even a little bit, like about a year and a half later after coming out, um, I'm even more grateful for it. I mean, the connections I've formed because of being gay and kind of this understanding that I have with other people who have gone through similar experiences um, has shaped my life in, in ways that I can't even imagine in even one year. Um, So that's kind of what I meant by saying I was grateful that I was gay was that, you know, that's a part of me that whether I want to acknowledge it or not, um, if I choose to find gratitude in it, and if I choose to look at it with light, as opposed to look at it with this, you know, sadness and darkness towards it, 
um, it kind of just changes my perception of myself and also makes me ultimately feel more confident and allows me to show more love to the people around me. I say all the time, and my husband and I say this every day, thank God I'm gay because the <laughs> amount of fun that we've had, the, the, uh, the kinds of people that we've gotten to meet, things that we've gotten to do with them, trips, travel. And I, I am so grateful that I'm gay. And if somebody gave me a pill that would get rid of that, there is no chance I would even consider taking it. Yeah, at this point in my life, I, I couldn't imagine it any differently, um, which is crazy to say, especially because, I mean, I think about for a, a few years back, even my, my answer probably would have been completely different. When was it that you started coming out in your personal life? Um, I started coming out slowly but surely after my freshman year of uh, college, actually. So after Olympic trials in 2016, um, I, you know, it was, it was after, after that year of training, we had trained as much as we could. My focus was only on Olympic trials. And then after that ended and we were kind of, we were off for a few weeks, um, the summer was less intense right after it because a few of my teammates were at the Olympic Games. My coach went to the Olympic Games. So us as a team had some time off. Um, of course, we still had to like condition and <laughs> stay in shape because we had to train for the upcoming NCAA season. Um, we just had that time to kind of slow down and spend time with each other. And I remember being at uh, Lollapalooza actually my freshman year with, or right after my freshman year. So going into my sophomore year, I was with two of my best friends and we were just talking and I kind of just opened up about it to them there. Um, so that was the first time I had like completely acknowledged it, I would say, which was to to someone in in person um i mean i had talked to a few friends about it growing up through high school but it was always under the impression that like i i had built this reputation that i was in my head that i was bisexual you know because i i had been with women i was comfortable about that and i thought that for whatever you know for whatever reason that we all go through this this thought process i thought that i was going to be comfortable just like growing up and marrying a girl and um starting a family and having that whole life, the life that I had kind of been raised around and the one that I thought I had wanted my whole life and didn't realize I could have with a man. So I started coming out a little bit more and more after my freshman year, after Olympic trials, once that had all died down and I was kind of finding my identity uh, in college, you know, outside of just my sport, um, because that was all I really had ever identified with was, you know, I was always Joey Cefali, the diver. And my life had always seemed pretty good from the fact that I was able to be competitive with um, the top of my, my sport. You know, I was getting better and better and better. And so I kind of was able to just avoid the topic of being gay in my personal life. Like I was able to just push it even farther down. So, but after Olympic trials happened and I kind of, I started to come out and talk to my closer friends more about that. I still had this sort of, uh, angst about actually talking about it you know it was easy for me to talk to people that would never talk to anybody that was back at home back at like my first identity my you know my family my brothers uh, my community like people in that world were a lot harder for me to tell and a lot harder for me to be honest about not because I thought that people would you know hate me or people would 
resent me or, you know, I, I knew maybe I would lose some, some friendships, but at the end of the day, I was so thankful and so happy that I had the relationships I had with my people that I was nervous for them to even change in the slightest bit. Um, and I was just, I was nervous to like, kind of let go of the control of, you know, how people perceived me, how I, the reputation I had built. Um, and it was kind of a, I don't know, it's, it's not a, obviously not a big deal. I think most of us, um, well, I, I can't say that actually for everyone, but I think like for a lot of people, you know, whether you're gay or straight doesn't, or bisexual or wh whatever your sexual orientation is, uh, I've found that like a lot of people aren't really that preoccupied with my life or anyone other yeah. than their own. But at the same time, um, you know, it was definitely, it was definitely a, something like it was easier for me to come out to people at school. And that's when I kind of started coming out to them. I didn't really come out though until um, my senior year, which was when I kind of, you know, I came out, but I also in some sense had like a little identity crisis personally, you know, and it was hard because it was during my athletic career and it was during a point in time when, you know, it was my senior year. I was supposed to be having the, the best of the, the best of the best at the end of my career and you know like training the best but in reality i wasn't so it was all kind of a um explosion i would say at one point when i did decide to come out which wasn't necessarily you know something i was like super happy about in retrospect it was just an experience that i have kind of worked through and it definitely defined the end of my ncaa career a little bit more than i had wanted it to well tell me about that so so you're you're still just kind of telling people in your personal life and in and around sports and you decide to do have a story published about all of this as you're going through it. It is it, it what kind of issues did that raise for you? Yeah, so it definitely um I mean just in general I think when I came out it was I, I'm the type of person that wants to have all the conversations I can with people, you know, so with people like in my family, with my brothers, with my parents, um, it was definitely an ongoing conversation and something that, you know, I wanted, I wanted to be on the same, you know, level with the people that I love the most. So that was something that I was most kind of um, cognizant about. And so during this whole time period of like my life changing and also transitioning into the fact that I didn't think I was going to dive after NCAAs, you know, I kind of thought, okay, my, the time of like Joey Cefali being a diver is, is ending. Um, it's either I, you know, hang on to this, this dream or just kind of move on and start my life outside of the sport and accept that I've become, that I'm, that I am a gay man and just kind of move on with where I'm at. And I was at a lower point in my diving in, in general, like, Technique wise, I wasn't where I really wanted to be. And I had a lot of co talks with my coach about whether or not I was going to continue training for 2020, um, now 2021. And, you know, it was, it, it was a lot at once for me to have this story released at the end of my diving career, because it was almost as though two identities were um, being shifted. And you know, I think I, I think I deal with change pretty decently in terms of like being able to talk about it and be open about it. But at the same time, I I don't think I necessarily took into account um, how kind of drastic these two changes were towards my life. You know, it just left a lot of questions for me. It left a lot of uh, confusion, I would say, ending ending the career and also trying to navigate this newly found 
um, not newly found life, but I, there's a good quote that I read and I, and I don't remember where it was. Uh, I think I saw it on someone's Twitter about how, you know, being a gay man, you, or being, being on the LGBTQ plus spectrum, excuse me if I'm using the correct terminology for that. You're fine. Um, You're fine. But being on that kind of spectrum, it's, also, you keep finding parts of yourself that you've realized you've, like, hidden away almost or pushed shame towards because you didn't want people to associate you one way or perceive you one way. And so for me, um, it's it was kind of like this constant change in my life and pushing diving to the side. You know, I was I was changing completely, and I kind of assumed that diving was outside of that change and that it was time for me to hang up the suit. And once I, once I started coaching again, and once I started um, kind of instilling my love for the sport and the, the kids that I coach, it kind of relit that fire and wanted me to start training again. Were you doing that coaching in Los Angeles? Yes. Yeah. So I actually, I moved out here originally to coach at USC um, with Hong Ping and Tori Ishimatsu for the Trojan Dive Club. Are you doing that now? Yeah, actually, I've I've still been able to. Um, so I, I I coach and I train with them on top of what I've been doing at Remedy Place. So that's I mean that's been a challenge in itself in terms of you know trying to handle full time work as well as coaching and training. But that that the Trojan Dive Club is definitely something that has kept me in the diving community, and I really don't know where I would be in California without them or if I'd still be here because that they have been like a family to me and it's been really, really cool to be a part of that team um, out, out here in Los Angeles. You know, I'm interested, you, um, and we'll talk a little bit uh, more about your diving um, in the second half, but one of the things I kind of wanted to drill down on is, you know, you make this transition in your life, you come out you're no longer a competitive diver for the time being. You move to a whole new city and now you're gay. How did you navigate what how did you navigate gay culture in Los Angeles just kind of stepping foot into a new city and a completely new quote unquote lifestyle? Um it was <laughs> it was definitely exciting. I mean, I I moved here in on what june 3rd i think i left my i think i left chicago like may 25th i took about a week to drive here um and when i got here i coached you know outside for the first week in beautiful southern california and then it was pride weekend so on top of like moving to this new community it was pride weekend uh i the two people i was living with luckily one of them was a they both were divers at usc actually um, and I had known them for a little while. So I was like with people that I knew, which I was really fortunate for. Um, but I actually ended up coming out into West Hollywood. I went out alone to one of the out to all the out sports events, actually. Um, yeah. So I went on Thursday night, you guys had something, um, and I came alone and just met as many people as I can. And I, I think that's where I met you and sit or you and Jim actually, um, yeah. for the first time. And then you guys, also hosted an event on one of the rooftops over here in, in on Sunset, I believe, and um, that was where I met actually some of the, some of my closest friends 
to date here in LA and it was definitely really unique for me to one be around I mean me, I, I laugh about it all the time with my friends back at home like the fact that all, everyone around me is gay pretty much in at some of those events is so funny to me because it was a complete change you know it was like a from West Lafayette to West Hollywood is the most insane difference. I mean, we have like three or four bars in West in West Lafayette, and I there was probably like six at most gay people I knew in in school, you know. Um, so it was definitely something that was crazy for me. But it was, I mean, it was awesome. I I think I took kind of the kind of like stayed to true to who I was I was able to have a lot of conversations with people and just kind of hear a lot of people's stories and it just kind of showed me how much I have this like hidden community that I didn't really realize I completely had until I was living in it and meeting other people who um, to some extent I think get me before they even have to ask just knowing that I've been through like similar situations or similar mindsets or just you know know I've know I've been through the kind of hiding who I am as a person um, because of certain shame I've felt. And so it's fun to meet people that like, you know, promote like living your absolute truth. They're like just dancing like nobody even cares. You know, it's it's fun to be around people that that didn't judge me or make me think that I even had to worry about any judgment. Yeah, I, people don't really um, understand looking looking from the outside in unless you have been in the gay community and uh, experienced the dinner parties at the houses and and um, been out to the bars and the clubs and really had conversations with people and you start to see that most of our stories have similar paths and we've kind of arrived at this place and is almost what, what my experience with the community is it's a lot of expression of joy with one another the, the, the one of the reasons I'm so thankful that I'm gay is just the people are <laughs> almost like for so long they just they 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 lived in fear and they lived with these ideas and and now they are just no matter their age just allowing a lifetime of joy to be expressed that's that's my experience and yes there's a lot of nonsense that goes along with it but my experience has been there's just a lot of joy being expressed yeah, no, I would completely agree. And I think one of the coolest things that I've experienced being here is the fact that, you know, whether it's um, someone who's my age, you know, I'm 22 and I just graduated college, or it can be someone who's completely worked their full professional life and are out at the bar and we're all in the same group, you know, because we all, I think, to some extent understand that like age isn't really a problem. Like we're all able to talk at some personal level and all able to kind of understand more about each other because we know that we have have this connection from the standpoint that like like my friend Alex when I first came out I was texting him and he was like seriously dude it's like having a, a gay x-men superpower like we are all just like in this together basically uh, and so it is really cool for me to be a part of a community that I can one learn about you know learn about what people have gone through like the fact that we're in this pandemic currently and the fact that you know our community went through a pandemic like this or an epidemic of some I mean similar proportions to our community a long time ago and it was 
it's really interesting to learn about that in the 80s. And I don't mean to say a long time ago, but um, it's really interesting to learn about. Yeah, yeah. It's really interesting to learn about that type of stuff and to talk about, you know, people who want to talk to people who went through it and hear about their their experiences growing up gay and how different it is from mine and, and, you know, being born in 1997 and living life in the early 2000s and um, 2010s. Like, it's, it's so fascinating to me to talk to people and actually learn about their experience growing up gay and how much it differs from mine, but how sometimes, you know, the thought process and like the the fears, you know, they're all very similar to each other. Um, and we all have so much fun together. I mean, as, as I've seen you out, you know, we've all, we've all seen each other, like, you know, just having a good time and enjoying, enjoying each other's company and celebrating the fact that we can celebrate like this. Yeah. Well, people talk about the the gay community or the LGBTQ community. And, and that's when I feel it is a community when you're out there celebrating with one another and just having a good time or, listening to one another's problems. They're, they're, that's that shared experience that, that makes it a community. Yeah, I would absolutely agree. Okay, everybody, well, hang tight. Uh, we've got a couple commercials, and we'll be right back. Okay, we're back with Joey Cefeli. Uh, so, Joey, you came out here to L.A. You're going to coach. Your competitive days were behind you. And something changed because you started preparing for the Olympic trials. What changed? Well, so one moving out here and coaching all these, all the kids that I was coaching, it was really exciting to see, you know, them make corrections, the corrections I was giving them or the other coaches were giving them and see kind of the excitement on their face. Uh, that That's probably my favorite thing about coaching. And it made me want to get back in the water. You know, the more I'm showing them, um, you know, the action I'm trying to get them to do, I, I feel as though sometimes as a coach, the best way, and this is how I was coached, actually, the best way for me to see it, I mean, the best way for me to tell them is to show them. So I ended up playing around getting in the water a few times, and I, it felt really good. I mean, it, it, it was, it was funny, I was diving with the Masters team. So um, Kevin McMahon, who he was a world champion, I believe, in the 90s. He was diving. Um, and we were just kind of standing on the boards together. And I was like, man, like, I, I can't believe I wanted to stop. You know, I can't believe I, I didn't want to just, like, do this for fun sometimes. And it's it's crazy how much towards the end of, towards the end of my NCAA career, I was, you know, just tired of of the sport in general. And I, 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 needed, I needed the mental break that I got. Um, but I was standing on the boards with Kevin McMahon and he said, he said, well, when you're doing everything that you're doing in your day-to-day life, you know, you're constantly thinking about emails. You're constantly trying to make sure you, you, you responded to that appointment or um, you sent over what you had to send over to your boss. You know, you're, or my, I feel like once I graduated college, my mind kind of centered around, you know, how am I going to be successful now? How am I going to make enough, enough money to live? How am I going to, what path am I going to go on? Blah, 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 blah. You know, finding myself in the professional world. Um, and he was, and then he mentioned, he was like, and when you're on the board, it all goes away. Like everything, all you, all you focus on right now is this dive and trying to do, do it perfectly or make the correction you're trying to make. And I was kind of like, a, it was like a light bulb went off. It was, it was at that point that I wanted to start getting in more for a, um, a break from the everyday world, you know, like I, like I did when I was little, like when I was a 
junior diver and I was going to practice after school and hanging out with my friends and just having a good time diving as opposed to more towards the end of my career when I was getting super frustrated or devastated when I wouldn't perform as well as I wanted to perform at the bigger meets because it's a very it's a very precise sport so you train you train you train you train and then you have your six dives at the at the performance and um I mean you miss one and you don't it's hard it's hard to be happy all the time um with most elite with most athletic in, in general you know most sports I would say in general most elite athletes will feel that kind of at some point in their life that you train a ton and then all of a sudden you compete and you just have that upsetting performance where you're like, Oh, like, now I have to train again for the next meet and hope it goes well. And at, at the end of my career, I was like really just o- over trying to do it all and kind of manage where my mind was at. And so finally finding that again and finding this love for the sport and this desire to actually come in and do flips and, make corrections and focus on the small details and not really worry about the results kind of led me to wanting to dive again. And although, although it has been stressful trying to work full time, you know, coach and train to the point where like, I feel ready to compete. Um, last December was the first time I competed again at, at our USA diving winter nationals. And one, I got to do synchro with one of my best friends, Max Showalter, who you guys also did a story on um, when he was a freshman at Purdue, I believe. Um, so I got to do Cinco with him because he's in San Francisco and he's training at Stanford again. And me and him had like the best time diving, you know, we would get up, we would get up on the boards and it's so fun to stand next to someone during the event and kind of, um, you know, just do the best dive you can do. And we were able to get onto the national team because of our performance, which was really exciting because, you know, I had, I had missed the competitive aspect of the sport. I had missed getting up on a board and feeling those nerves. Um, and I'd also missed, you know, feeling that accomplishment post me or, you know, the camaraderie on the pool deck and being around all my friends. And now that I'm back in the sport and getting to getting to enjoy it, I don't think I'll ever want to be outside of the sport. And whether that's as an athlete or a coach, you know, I, I at this point now realize that like diving is also a part of who I am just as much as um you know, the community I built back at home and the community I'm building out here. And it's, it's honestly been so cool. Just wanted to be a part of the, a part of the community, even during this pandemic. I mean, they've been sending um, like Leslie and, and our, our team in Colorado Springs have been sending us all emails, you know, in terms of trying to keep our mental health up during this time where we're not able to train as well. Um, or when we have to deal with this, you know, kind of isolation from people. And so it's cool to be a part of a community that constantly checks in on their athletes and is constantly just hoping for the best. Um, and so, yeah, so that's kind of how I ended up diving again. It, it, it wasn't going to be as, um, you know, I wasn't sure how serious I was going to take it. I wasn't sure if I was just going to do some masters and kind of have some fun and just go to meets that I wanted to and show up and dive. And then once me and Max made the national team, it kind of made me want to really, really start training again for this, uh, for this Olympic trials, which it being moved does throw a, a wrench in the plan a little bit, you know, cause it is difficult for, it is, it's difficult to maintain. As, and what is that well wrench? I, I mean, to, I, I, you know. I, 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 I'm, I'm super curious how, how this this delay is affecting different people. I mean, you talk about trying yeah, to train, yeah. and work, and coach, and 
So, I mean, are you now thinking you're going to focus on 2021 or uh, is, is, I mean, is that, is that your goal now? Yeah. I mean, there's like, there's two sides to it actually. And that's kind of what I've been working through in this court in this like quarantine. I mean, I don't want to pretend like I, I have, have it all figured out or like I'm, I'm not, um, you know, I guess. So basically the plan that I had made to kind of keep me comfortable or sane during, you know, post-graduation, post moving out to LA and kind of constantly wondering, you know, what am I doing? What am I doing? What am I doing? And feeling a little bit lost. Well, after making this plan to compete at Olympic trials, it being moved throws a wrench in the plan from the standpoint that I, you know, working full-time coaching and training has, has been a lot mentally for me. Um, it's been really difficult to do for the amount of time I've been doing it and to do it for a whole other year is, is something I would have to just consider. But then there is a side of me that wants to, you know, be that athlete again and take, take this year to actually train and just have a show up at Olympic trials, ready to compete and feel good. Um, because there was some regret towards the end of my NCAA career. But at the same time, I think if I, if I do decide to continue training for the next year, um, if I do decide, I, I think it'll just change up some things for me and just, I'll just have to figure out how I'm going to navigate that as well as, you know, living in LA and trying to work enough to afford my life out here. Cause you know, diving isn't one of those sports where we're, um, sponsored or heavily, or there isn't a ton of buzz around divers. So for me yeah. to train another year, I, I still have to, uh, work full time. And I, and I, I love working full time. You know, I love my job outside of diving. It's been really, really nice to have that balance, but it's, it's difficult to keep balanced at, at the end of the day when I, when there's definitely a performance I want to show or a performance I feel comfortable showing, you know, it's, if I don't have the reps or the um, amount of practice under my belt come Olympic trials, I don't want to show up not feeling confident. And so that's something that I kind of have to figure out through this time period of like, you know, how am I going to train? What, what am I going to change up so that I can, and am I going to change anything up or am I going to continue to train and just kind of um, be a part of the sport and do it because I, I love competing I love standing on the yeah. pool deck with all my friends. I love, um, you know, going to the pool. I love, I, I mean, I love like diving with all the kids that I dive with. I think diving with some of the little kids that I dive with now has been a part of the reason that I love the sport again, from the standpoint that it's hilarious to watch some of the kids like, you know, cause some, some of them are so little that their body control is, is minimal at this point. And obviously <laughs> they'll do a lot of training, but, we had one kid smack and land on his stomach and he thought that he broke his, both his legs. And I was like, just <laughs> swim over to the side of the pool. You're okay. You're okay. You know, now that you're, you're, you're out and, and, and people know you're gay in the sport, has that created a new kind of subset of the community for you? I mean, you have the diving community and you have your, your gay community and and you know I don't take a brain surgeon to know that there are a lot of divers who are out and gay. Um, has that yeah. <laughs> has that created a whole new little subset community for you? 
Um, I would say from to some to some extent, um, the in, in the diving community, I don't feel that much of a separation from like other gay athletes or other gay divers. I think we do all tend to like congregate to some ex- to some extent. I would say. I mean, like I am I am really good friends with with most of the gay divers in the NCAA or in USA Diving. Um, and a lot of them are some of my closest friends. But I would say in general, the the community is a pretty connected community. I would say the sub the subgroup of um, like the sub community that it's kind of created for me has been around some of like the older generations of divers, like some of the coaches on deck, you know, like Patrick Jeffries at Stanford. He was always very sincere and always very authentic towards me and always I remember when I came out, I I texted him and I told him, I was like, hey, Patrick, I know we never like officially talked about it. Um, I think you probably had a, a hunch, you know, he, he kind of had said some stuff like, hey, I'm, I'm always here for you if you need it. And so some people like that, you know, some of the judges who are also gay kind of when I came out, they came out to me and people had told me like, hey, like, I'm just really happy that you're that you're happy. I'm really happy that you're finding yourself. Um, and so that sub community kind of formed, I would say more in, in the coaches and the judges in a more mentorship kind of way. And among the divers, I think, I don't know, I actually, I, I haven't really felt that much different, which has been really cool for me. I've just felt more authentic and more like able to speak my mind. Um, and also more comfortable just like saying certain things in, in everyday conversation, you know, there were things that I would have avoided saying at one point if I didn't want someone to know I was gay. And that shocks me sometimes because now I'm like so comfortable being myself around everyone on the pool deck. Well, it was awesome to hear the, 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 the piece of advice I would give you is, you know, when I, the way I've started approaching my decisions in life is I've started to, because, you know, I'm, I'm in my forties now and I started to think about when I'm 70 and unable to do some of the things I can do now. And I ask myself, when I'm 70 or 80 or whenever I'm on my deathbed, and I look back at my life, what am I going to regret? Am I going to regret doing this? Or am I going to regret not doing this? And that has seemed to lead me to some, what at least right now seems like good choices. So as you think about what to do with 2021 you might take that and think when i'm when i'm old like sid what when i look back what am i going to regret <laughs> and not regret and 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 maybe that will help guide you well thank you i appreciate that yeah i've, I've definitely been um i mean for me personally as as an athlete even even during this time in social social distancing slash staying inside i i definitely miss most kind of the rush that i felt from you know feeling that achievement post-workout or doing doing a dive that when i hit the water i know it feels perfect and those those types of things are what make me miss the sport most and i've actually been i mean I don't know how many friends I've been talk to, talking to about, you know, how much this has changed. I've been, I've been trying to keep in touch with um, many of my friends who this really, really impacts, you know, and for me, I, I'm, 
Well, I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do in terms of training for 2021 and what that'll look like. I really just am currently kind of, you know, I feel sympathetic for a lot of the people that were, you know, either ending their NCAA careers and it suddenly got cut short. Um, I really couldn't imagine how, how that would ha- how that would hit me. And I'm, I'm sure a lot of people, a lot of athletes are going through some pretty tough times trying to kind of find an identity outside of their sport so abruptly. Um, but also the, you know, people that were most likely going to make this Olympic team. And I know they're able to stay resilient as, you know, you kind of have to in elite athletics. I still feel like that that's kind of where my mind has been at in, in the sense that I, I'm, I'm figuring out what I'm going to do, but mostly I'm trying to think about and be there for my friends who are also doing the same thing as well as trying to support the people in USA Diving that I, you know, that I've built really close friendships with and have become a part of my family. Joey, I end the podcast with two questions with everybody uh, who comes on. So uh, here you go. Number one, uh, who's an Olympian who's inspired you over the years? Um, I would say the Olympian that inspired me most is probably Christina Lucas when I was when I because she's from Chicago actually she went to the 2008 and 2012 Olympics for uh, women's three-meter springboard and she's from Chicago and I remember when I first kind of started taking diving seriously and started really training every day and um, learning more about the sport outside of just doing it she came into our club I, I messaged her and saw that she was back in Chicago and she came into our club and I met her and after that I just like wanted to train with like her you know I asked her you know how did you train what did you do how what do I have to do you know I wanted to put in all all the effort that I could and so she inspired me just by talking to me and like being really down to earth and mentoring me in that way everybody has has somebody um everybody who's made it to the Olympics has has somebody who helped get them there it's uh, very cool to hear. Um, the second question is if you're, well, I, you said you're a Lord of the Rings fan, so I know you are, but the name of the podcast is taken from a line in Lord of the Rings. Give me a character or a moment from Lord of the Rings that is your favorite or, or one of your favorites. My favorite Lord of the Rings scene is it's okay. It's either between, um, I forget her name, but she does this like water spell and she's an elf. She's, she's with Legolas. I haven't seen this movie in a long time, but yeah. she, the water all like comes splashing through after she's on her white horse or when Gandalf returns and he's, you know, shining white because Gandalf the Grey was like my favorite character. But Gandalf the White is not? Get, well, get off the white too. I mean, like when he comes, when he emerges back in the movie, I was like so excited because I, yeah, I, I don't know the whole the whole no, wizardry because, thing has always been something I loved. <laughs> it's a, no, it's like it's the, the, I love that moment. It's kind of like hope has returned, which was yes, kind of yes. what that represented because things weren't going so well for a while there. Uh, all right, Joey. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. When 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 uh, West Hollywood reopens, we will meet up at the Abbey and and clink glasses uh, and and laugh. Well, laugh about this whole thing. I hope. Yes, absolutely. I can't. I can't wait. 
You can follow Joey Cefeli on Instagram and Twitter at Joey underscore Cefeli, C-I-F-E-L-L-I. It's the same handle on both Instagram and Twitter. Uh, I hope while you're here, you'll check out Level Playing Field podcast. Randy always does a great job interviewing all kinds of people across sports. And uh, I hope you come back next week. I, I have a I was on Instagram uh, just a couple days ago and noticed somebody tagged out sports in an Instagram story and uh, just reached out to them and said, hey, um, would you want to come talk to me on this podcast? And they said, sure. So I have a, what should be a really interesting conversation next week. And uh, between now and then, I hope you stay safe, stay home, as they say, and take good care of yourself. <laughs>